Welcome, traveler. You have entered the realm of adventure. Prepare yourself for tales from beyond the dial. Welcome back. We play role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition and a few others. I am Luke, your dungeon master. And with me is... Ben, and I play Cortain. Don't let the fact that Cortain's been uh, mind-controlled by a demon let you fall, let, let that fool you. He's a, he's a nice guy, and he's not happy about this. <laughs> and I'm Peter, Peter and I'm... What? No, go on. You asked me something? You asked me something? What? <laughs> And I'm Peter, and I'm playing Spooks and Denser. And I may be, he may be a secret Jedi underneath all that techno babble, or he may be just the most brilliant inventor ever. Uh, hey everyone, Trav, I play Little Moss, um, but inside I'm just Moss. And g'day, I'm Levi, and I play Low Cake, and this episode, and last episode, I'm a door opener. That's what I do. <laughs> Dorm. Upgrade from a can opener. Yep. But he often opens cans of whoop ass. Mm. Actually, I, I retract my earlier statement can opener is better <laughs> than a door opener. Oh. <laughs> Especially if they're cans of whoop ass, yeah. Well, doors. What about if it's a, a room of whoop ass? People call the toilet the can. <laughs> so is he a can opener? Like he opens the toilet door for people? Or does he, you know. He just lifts the seat for them. I think the, I think, I think the real hero <laughs> is putting down those seats. Yeah, that's true. Right. That's true. No, Absolutely. the real heroes are those guys who stand in the toilets and offer you like refreshments Mints. and mm. and scents. Scents. No, that's the. I think the real the <laughs> real heroes are the people who see caked bits of you know bit caked poop on the toilet <laughs> and they 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 flush them out with their stream. I think they're the real unsung heroes. Yeah, it's, I think the, I think the unsung heroes are the guys who get some plaster and plaster up all those holes that's about head height when you're sitting down on the toilet. I think they're the real heroes. Um, they you know, close up those glory holes. Yeah, it's a, okay. it's a menace. <laughs> those holes are a menace. Um, anyway, in, uh, talking about <laughs> talking about menaces, can I get you to roll a d20 for me and the lowest shall recount the tale of the previous episode of Beyond the Dice. Dice. <laughs> Moss nine. I've got a Levi twelve. Eleven for speaks. Cortain eighteen. Woo! Go, go, go. Okay, it's pretty easy. Um last Best episode we entered the research lab and then ineffectually tried to get out while some zombies ate bits and pieces of us. Um Locag if he remembers, which I doubt, uh, made it as far as the testing facility. Um, did he then meet up with the whole crew in the room with the upside-down pyramid? He hadn't quite made it there yet, but he was on okay. his way. He left because yeah. um, he, 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 he stopped to free the, uh, a bugbear lady who was uh, sentient. Like she wasn't this ravaging mindless cyber zombie she was asking for help Lokag and I didn't have time for it but High Sheeta reckoned we did yep is that right yeah and yeah. you guys helped you punched a hole in it and said like I, you know I'll get I'll get it started and then you ran off so you were like hey, down this hallway and High Sheeta yeah. was sort of lagging behind a little bit right 
There are probably a few doors in the way, which I know Locag finds particularly challenging. Um, And probably the coolest thing to happen last episode was when I cloaked myself in shadow and then just did some sneaky business. Oh, um, slapping as we entered- in the back of the head? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ripped a turret off the roof as well, though. Yeah. I thought that was pretty yeah, cool. That was pretty cool. Pretty cool, but not the coolest thing I did. Look, we don't have time to go over the cool things that I do. There's just too many for one episode. <laughs> and the, podcast the other guys together. were there too, I suspect. <laughs> oh, yeah. and something about Cortain's patron demon, which I've called Steve, um, is... Doing funny buggers somewhere. I, I always thought his name was Todd, but uh, each to their own. Maybe is he has a name in everyone's Stargate. Is that reference maybe. to Stargate Atlantis? Yeah, it is. Nice. Todd. But it, it I uh you know, I'm insulted by the uh, the idea it's his patron deity. I'm not getting any abilities from this if this is my patron. This is that you know of. Oh, well that's true. Mm, you're stuck in that armor. You haven't um Noticed if you've grown any extra limbs. I emerge or- as a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> yeah, so we will pick up in the laboratory of Dr. Lazarus. So, Lokag, you are running down the hallway and you hear a calamity of noises from everywhere around you. From down the halls where you began in the research lab, where all the zombies are charging and screaming and fighting and climbing over each other to get to you and everyone else. You hear the zombies in the testing facility slamming on the windows and screaming the um, the cybernetics fabrication lab that you're running up towards, all of the machinery sort of whirring and buzzing and some, some zombie screams from there as well. And we cut to the other guys in the laboratory, the reanimation laboratory you have just entered. Um, oh, is that with the upside down pyramid? Correct. So to describe animation laboratory. Okay, cool. Yes. Sorry, I label everything. So let me just actually. Let's, what let's do you label me, Trav? A dickhead. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that was too real. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think it would be unbalanced, though. This. <laughs> I see what you're saying. <laughs> it would throw you off your own body's axis because it's so large. <laughs> or it's actually no. inverse and there's a giant hole in your head. Oh. Sorry. It's, it's like a bowl. It's like, it's like a glass bowl. You know, it's a, <laughs> it's quite large, but you can store you can store a lot of things in there, but if you tip it Pick upside down, everything just falls out. <laughs> Apples, <laughs> lemons, um, keys. Is yeah, Trevor, is that what you th- the first thing you want to put in a bowl when you see it? Just keys. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. You, just, you never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you you reach your hand in there, you could pull out, you know, you could get ownership to a car or a banana. Um, So this room, the reanimation lab, a large glass pyramid faces downwards from the ceiling and it is filled with a swirling teal light. There were 
um, six surgical tables surrounding this pillar-like machine. Now that machine is kind of gone now because of the swirling, violent, crackling pink energy merging with that teal energy, ripping up all the corpses on those surgical tables and all the cybernetics that were a part of them and were also a part of that central pillar, all disassembled and then came together in a mass of gore, biological matter and machinery to make this avatar of what Cortain um, understands to be the demon or Todd or whatever he thinks Steve. of it. It's got very similar similar features. Um, it's four arms, two legs, horns that are made out of twisted ribs and um, femurs and stuff like that. And it has the faces of the six subjects from the room displaced all over its body and their eyes are glowing this pink and teal screaming as it talks I'll get all of you three actually I'll get all four of you to roll initiative for me nothing but 11s I think it's actually 13 with my initiative for Speaks. 13 for Speaks. 7 for Moss. 17. 7 for Moss. I'm like, huh? And 12 for Lokag. What? Lokag. Demons? Oh, I'm a speedy boy, so like with my, what is it? 50 um, foot move speed, I'll be catching up real shortly. Wait, how much do you get? 12, yeah? Uh, 12 was my initiative, yeah. yeah. Cool. Do you have 50 move speed? Yeah, I'm a fast boy. But you're so big. <laughs> I've got long legs. Yeah. I just like walk and I just go heaps far. Is is that enhanced by your substances? Uh, no, I could um, dope myself up again with some more of that, but it's just a, a barbarian and I reckon a feat. Yeah, no, nah, I took a feet. You, have, yeah, you, have you need feet. feet to walk. It's yeah. true. <laughs> feet I've, are I've really got extra feet running. in my back pocket. A pocket foot. Mm, pocket yeah. foot. Do you have a pocket, pocket sausage? Feet. That would help um, me go further. Pocket sausage. Yeah. All right. So as you guys bust into the room, this happens. The creature forms out of bits and pieces in the room the creature raises its arms up towards these tubes and pipes of coolant and they tear from the roof and all of this chemical like maybe like liquid nitrogen rips and, and sort of vacuums out of the various machines and tubes in the roof around the room and the creature reaches towards these chemicals and absorbs them as they're flowing into him. That was the last thing that happened on the previous episode. So, as the creature screams out and lets this flume of icy cold breath in the air, these 
figure-like things appear around the room. So you, they are signified by these green and pink, uh, we'll call them tokens. Are these the, the juice juice channels? Juice. These are six figures in a way. They are very ghostly spectral images of people. Um, uh, because they're green and red, are they the spirits of Christmas past, present, and future? Possibly. They're dangling cool. chains. No, they are of various um, sizes, but you can't quite make out the race or anything like that. You can maybe guess what they are, but their faces and their body parts are sort of twitching and moving so quickly. It's like multiple... Um, spirits over the top of each other kind of like if you got a negative film and stacked them up and then held them up to the light and you had people in the centre of the film it would sort of like bleed over into each other but it would look like a mess of you know a mess of a figure of a person they're kind of like that but they're this teal and crackling pink energy Um, some of them are sort of twitching on the spot. Others are blinking within a sort of, you know, six foot, five foot radius. Um, Like you would see in like horror movies if ghosts sort of like creepily jolt around. They're kind of like that. We shall begin the first round with the creature. Let me move that over here actually. Yeah, just fixing up my... We so. totally, like, rested up since last time um, Spigs nearly died in the last room, right? <laughs> <laughs> no sleep for the wicked. So this is so uh, like, hidden one of the chambers where the zombies were. I'm going to call it an un-demon, because it's, like, undead, and it's also demon. So it will... Basically, Does it look familiar to anyone, mainly Cortain? It's not really a familiar, though, is it? It's more like a arch demon rather than a familiar. Yeah, but does he know <laughs> what it looks Has he seen it before? Uh, maybe, but he hasn't said that yet. He hasn't, he hasn't mentioned anything. But this. So, cr- for, for, for my. for Cortain's interest, is it. is it. A almost spitting image, except for kind of the, the more fleshy um, form of the demon under, the, like, at the in the basement. Uh, yeah. So in the previous episodes, when you had um, you had glimpsed the silhouette of the demon at mm. the corner of your eye, it looks like that, but it's filled in. It doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't have the same musculature or skeletal system in the sense of you can vividly remember what that demon's muscular chest looks like and the you know the slight tears in skin and scars all over its body this is a, an amalgamation of uh corpses and technology so if you were to sort of shine a bright light behind this it would look like the demon that you saw but now that you see it in the light of the room it's um, 
you can tell it's an avatar. It's not the actual demon itself. It's maybe the demon is controlling it. Maybe it is a, uh, a familiar of the demon or uh, something of the like. But um, for all intents and purposes, it looks like it, but not exactly. Um, you can maybe roll an intel check for me to see if you can distinguish between what it might be. Uh, that is a 12. A 12? Um, you can tell that this is a creation of the demon. You're not sure how it came here. You are not sure how the demon is affecting things outside of the library and how it hasn't been able to before, but it is affecting something in the room and the demon uh, and the zombies outside, it is affected. You're not sure if Lazarus has any part of this or not. You're not 100% sure because there is this teal, this teal energy surrounding it and it's um, this. the demon usually is uh, or can be related to that pink crackling, you know, reddish pink crackling energy. Yeah, yeah. This creature will raise its arms in the air and all of its fingers are like webbed together with sinew and cables and they kind of just like look like mittens because they're just these lumps of flesh and technology. And then it screams, ripping its fingers open. Bits of gunk and bits of steel and plastic fall away as these large claws protrude from what was fleshy mounds or boxing glove-like growths of bits and pieces as it raises its arms up across Cortain and Spinks you guys feel this cold this immense deep cold and then a crackling sound a splintering sound as this ice wall bursts up underneath you you it's like shards and spikes of this white crackling ice I need you both to make a dexterity saving throw for me. 15. 14. 11 for speaks. Okay. So, Cortain, you... Oops. Let's get out of that. You dodge out of the way. You lurch forward. And... Cortain... Uh, sorry, speaks. you are hit by these shards of ice. You take... 35 cold damage. <laughs> Speaks falls unconscious. Oh. Alright, everybody chill. Especially let's Speaks. Just, <laughs> let's just let's just put that there, that X on him. No, he's not dead. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, he's unconscious. So the one of these shards of ice just pierces through Speaks' shoulder and he falls forward on the ground. It pushes him. Um, Quick rules check. Yeah. When you get take damage you go stop at zero and then take damage or you go more like because you did more than what health I had remaining do I go negative straight away um oh that's a good question I can't remember he hasn't killed I'm anyone sure in a while he can't remember <laughs> and then, oh, if you get yeah, hit, yeah. like if you go to negative you're bloodied value you straight up die correct yeah so if it does in <clears> one hit half of your HP in the minus, it just auto-kills you. So you take um, 
Although, no, it just drops you to zero. Yep. Yeah, but if you were going to take damage to over half your health in negative, you die instantly. Yeah, correct. Okay, someone's zero. But from now on, do I start going negative? Or is this only ever if I take... It's only if you take half of your health in negative, you insta-die. But when you are hit, you will... Um, Just stop at zero. Yep, so you can't keep getting damaged. No, it's not like 4th E where you would be like, oh, cool, I'm minus 50 HP, you know? Yeah. Um, you stop at zero, and then if you're hit, you lose a, a, um, a death saving throw. Mm, okay. Oh, um, Spigs, if you uh, if you need any help when you die, I, I know a guy. We might be able to Can't sort something out to bring you, you back. I'm a ghost. <laughs> you hear no response from Spigs. All right. <laughs> so, and let's just make sure I've got that right. I think that is the end of its turn, isn't it? Yep, that is the end of the creature's turn. Next, we have... As Spigs falls to the ground, a big shard of ice piercing through his shoulder and his pectoral drops to his knees, falls flat on his face to the floor. And you guys see blood sort of pooling out beneath him a little bit and it sort of freezes from the ice cold in the room. It cuts to Hayashida. Watching Lokag run at an incredible pace down the hall. And he turns back and looks over his shoulder towards the bugbear woman who's using her cybernetic arm to try and punch through the glass. Hayashida goes, fine. And he runs over to the glass. He says, stand back. And he starts to strike at the glass with his sword. As he's a few strikes in, he hears screaming of zombies and they burst into the room from down the hallway from the sort of cryostasis labs. You know how they were chasing you from the main room through the cryostasis and then now they're in that um, testing facility. He turns, the cybernetic um, arm bursts through the glass and breaks a whole piece away as this female bugbear climbs through. She sort of brushes back her hair and they both sort of charge at the cyborg zombies. We will go back to the main room with Cortain. Okay. Not having anything to heal to help Spigs with and being terrified of this of this demon, Cortain will just charge it. Just letting out cry and slashing it with his sword. Alright. First attack is a 19 verse AC. That will hit. That is six slashing damage and nine fire damage. It is dead. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> like, yes. Undead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then my second attack, I, I'll use my second attack against it as well. That is a 22 versus AC. That'll hit. Uh, that is 12 slashing damage and six fire damage. All right. So you slash at this creature. It kind of takes the brunts and and violent arcs of your blade ripping through its torso, bits of organ and flesh and tubes and steel fly out, land on the floor. You see 
this teal energy just fill that area and pull close the wound. You notice that your um that the flesh isn't really burning from the from your blade. Okay, so it seems like it's it's immune to the fire. Possibly, it could be the cold that's sort of emanating from it. These puffs of this, um, yeah, this frigid air. Is there anything else you would like to do? Or is that the end of your turn? That is the end of my turn. Okay, Spigs, you um, need to roll a death saving throw for me. Eight. Can I use hero dice on death saving throws? <laughs> Hmm. I, I will. I will allow it. You have to declare how many you would like to use before you roll them. Okay. So I can't. Oh, before I roll the hero dice, or before I've rolled yeah. my main dice. I don't even know if I have any hero dice left. I think I've used them all. You rush. No, you just leveled up before. Oh, it's true. How many hero dice do we have? Um, five plus half your level, isn't it, Ben? Five plus half. Yes, after level rounding rounding down. Yep. So before you roll your d20, you say, I'm going to roll X amount of hero dice. Just boost the roll. I'm going to... I'm going to use two to guarantee it. Luckily I did that because I won them as a one. That's four, so that's 12. 12, all right. That is a pass. So... This round, you are not passing away to the dark realm of the afterlife. Um, next is Lokag. So, all right, as I'm running along, yep. I'm going to... Oh, is my path kind of mostly clear? So you make your way into the cybernetics fabrication lab. All of these robotic arms are building things and actually fighting off zombies. There are lasers shooting out of them, flames. Some are shooting bolts and um, into these zombies that are crawling underneath this door that's sort of smashed open and apart. Um, that's that's sort of segregating the cybernetics fabrication and the research lab that you began this uh, little laboratory jaunt in. Um, so there are some zombies in this room that are sort of just just trying just destroying anything that moves so i can hit them if i want or i can dodge them if i want to as well all right so i'm popping a little pill of outrun which will give me an extra 10 um uh, feet of move speed and buffs my uh, initiative by 10 so now my initiative really quick i'm going to do nothing really really fast i've got a 22 initiative um move speed of 60 feet and i'm using all of my move speed to get to the uh, the north, get to this big-ass demon boy. All right. With you with that, you'll be able to basically burst or charge through the room, knocking anything aside. Um, can you roll a... I got my right shield for me? in front of me. Say again. Roll an athletics. Athletics. Yep. You crush Spigs and he dies. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you failed. So I got a, a 22 for athletics. Perfect. You are able to easily charge your way through this horde of zombies you make your way into this um, this small security checkpoint as the red light in this in the top of the room starts flashing the door closes behind you um, in this hallway 
and the door opens on the other end, you just see, you hear like fighting sounds and screeching and you see this wall that is made up of shards of ice. And I kind of skid to a halt, yep. pausing for the next motion. And I'll just put you on, on the ice wall for the moment, just so we've got your your icon there. Um, next will be... Back in the room with Hayashida. So, Hayashida is fighting alongside the bugbear and there are maybe 30 zombies piling into the room they're fighting them off they're sort of climbed on top of one of those cubicles where um there is a zombie inside screaming slamming its face into the glass until there's just a big blood smear um and all of these zombies are cyborg cyborg zombies are climbing up the glass and it's just the two of them the the female bugbear and Hayashida back to back the wall to the the wall to the north of the testing facility cracks or the door I should say the door cracks and I turn and look over their shoulder it cracks again and then water bursts out of the doorway out of the hallway and running down the hallway with this torrent behind him is a huge mechanical wolf it smashes into the room slams into one of the containment units with the um, a zombie into it in in it and the zombie falls down on the ground the large cybernetic wolf looks up at the uh, the two figures standing on top of one of the containment units. And Hayashida's like, help! And points to the zombies. And Wolfie gallops through the room with his mouth wide open and he just starts mauling and smashing through the horde of zombies that is starting to collect around the base of Hayashida and the bugbear. Next, we go to... Little Moss. Alright. Um, I see Spigs go down with a giant bit of ice through his shoulder. Um, and because he's right next to me, he's kind of fallen pathetically into my rippling arms. Um, as I caress him down onto the ground and gently stroke his hair. And, and then I would like to give him is there some way I can transfer the you know the that healing that I get from my glove uh into Spigs somehow like do, do I just like force it into his mouth while he's unconscious well um I believe you've used one of the healing things on somebody before and bef- and and when you did you sort of just placed that um that circular crystal palm pad that's built into the glove over the top of them and it's okay. sort of the, the healing radiation would heal them so you can definitely do that it'll take um it'll take an action for you to 
get it out yep. and use it. That's my action. All right. Um, roll a d20 for me. From memory, last time it was a sweet high five that got the healing through. Ah, yes. This time, the gentle stroke of my caress against his face will be enough. Um, I rolled a 12. A 12? No mouth to mouth. And... That is 13 hit points, Spigs. Yeah, yeah boy. Um, as this amber light bursts from the hand, this sort of steampunk gauntlet that Little Moss is wearing, it bursts and the light dissipates at Spig's chest. The icicle that's protruding from his shoulder just sort of like fires out and you see the wound closing over Little Moss. Spig's, because you're healed by magic, you wake up. You feel pain in your shoulder and as you go to touch it, there is blood on your hand, but there is no hole anymore. Uh, he turns. To, he looks up and he's and he sees a little moss next to him and he goes, "Thank you, my my friend. I assume it was you." And I just lightly kiss him on the forehead. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else you can do? Like, uh, do you have a bonus action you can attack with, or do you have to attack with your standard action to then get a bonus to attack? Uh, I believe that's correct. Okay. Did you want to do anything? Like move or anything? Like um, I, yeah, I'd like to... Um, I'd like to move towards the green dude on the left. The, the green apparition on the yep. left. All right. So it's just sort of hovering above the floor, probably like two feet, three feet above the floor. And it's just its head and arms, legs are sort of twitching and moving. Its torso is twitching and moving. There are various, uh, like I said, um, spirits or um, ethereal echoes in a way placed over the top of each other, um, constantly twitching. As you move up to it, this beam of teal light hits you and you take one necrotic damage you gain five hem temporary hit points okay And uh, that is probably the end of your turn, is it not? Um, yep, I think so. I just don't know where to put my temporary hit points. Uh, in the... Are you using paper or app? App. If you click on the on the, the your health bar, there should be a section that says um, temp HP. So I think you'll go five and then press temp HP. Pretty sure that works. Okay. Um, what else are we doing here? Ah, yes. So. One, two, three, four, five. Let's, let's just see which one. Number two. 
Okay, the top rightmost spirit moves. It jitters. One, two, three, four, five. It moves here. Uh, a pulse emanates from it, but it doesn't affect any of you. It doesn't reach. It just emanates out of it from the center and a five foot radius around it, like a burst. And that is it. We go back to um, your your initiative was now 22, wasn't it, Lokag? Correct, yes. Okay. What's your dexterity modifier? Um, four. Plus four. Awesome. You go first. I'm going to bump you to 23, so it's a bit easier for me. Uh, it is your turn. So you see the ice wall, all of these shards in front of you, and you can kind of make out between the gaps between them. Little Moss places that Healy thing over Spigs. Spigs then stands up holding his shoulder and then heaves his his uh, lead belcher rifle up. Uh, it's an ice wall that I look like that I can jump through or it looks fair solid. It looks... Or like moving shards. Um, no, they're not They're not moving, but they do seem to be kind of like maybe parts of it is growing. Like ice is slowly, like another shard is like slowly growing out, but they're not like moving around. All right, cool. Well, with that, I'm going to jump through the glass, um, the shard wall and try and jump over Spigs and keep running up to the big demon beast. All right. Um, make a... Dexterity saving throw for me. If you want to move through it. Uh, 15. 15? No, sorry. 20. 20. Ghetto crit. Oh, nice. Um, Fifteen cold damage, so not as much. <laughs> but got a bit of a sniffle. You break through some shards of the ice and enter the room, and I'll put you just there next to Spix. Oh, can I keep moving? Yep. I I keep moving. I'm going to stand alongside the big glowing red sphere, um, Ghost Man, or next to the space that it looks like he um, holds. And I'm going to wail on the big boy. All right. Nice. So as you I'm move, only a big whale though. As you move to the, uh, the, we'll just call it the pink spirit. Yep. Oh yeah, it's the not red. It's um. Yeah. Well, yeah, pinky red. It's kind of like in between. Okay. You take nine force damage as a crackling arc of smoky lightning flicks off the spirit creature as it wails and it hits you. Nine force damage. And oh, I thought it was a ghost. It doesn't interrupt you or anything, so you can continue doing your thing. Awesome, cool, because I actually rolled a crit on my damage. Oh, on my attack, sorry. Oh, yeah. So 28 to hit. That'll hit. Um, that's a crit. I've never done a crit before. How do I do it? All, Please teach me, Sensei. All the damage <laughs> dice that you roll, you roll twice. Okay. 
Uh, dice for that. Oh, uh, the poison um, augment, roll that twice. Yep. Yep. Just give me all of the damage types separately, though. It's going to be a little bit annoying. But yeah. yeah. Thank you. No, that's easy. Uh, so I rolled really poorly. Uh, four for the poison. And then... Uh, hang on. What's Brutal Crit? Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, brutal Crit is an extra D8. Cool. 19 for physical bludgeoning damage with my hammer. Okay. Four poison, 19 bludgeoning. Sweet. And is that the end of your turn? Ah, uh, no, that's one attack. Oh. I get to do it again. Beautiful. Well, not a work. Um, 23 to hit. That hits. Four poison and uh, 15 bludgeoning. All right. Sweet. You slam your hammer into this creature. Um, the poison, when you hit it, and it, when you usually hit people with this, this poison, uh, there's like this veiny effect in the area that you hit them. It appears, but not as vibrantly green as usual. So this creature may have some sort of resistance. You're not 100% sure. But the... It didn't look like it healed him, so that's No, cool. but the bludgeoning is definitely cracking bones and bursting organs and um, is working quite well. Just like Cortain's slashes from his sword were. So... Uh, is that the end of your turn? Yep. Alrighty. We have the Undemons. So, uh, as you guys are just wailing on it with weapons, it brings the um, the two clawed hands it has in the air down, and with each hand, it will attack uh, first Cortain with its right arm uh that will be 23 verse ac that meets it all right so we have 15 slashing damage is it magical of some kind yes and 13 cold damage now locag the other arm comes down sorry causing you're gonna say something I was going to say something, but if he's going to hit me, then I can't make an ineffective cheap shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like attacking both of you at the same time. Yep. With his other arm. It's slashing down. Uh, 16 versus AC. Not at all. You dodge the strike. As you see, Cortain is hit with it, and you, you duck down. And as it sees that, it will... Turn around, swinging its tail at, uh, to, to slam into both of you. So, Cortain uh, 19 versus AC. Misses. And Locag 20 versus AC. Misses. All right. So, as it turns slowly, it swings its tail that's made up of just bones and cables and gore and you guys sort of jump rope over it as it swings past slamming into the surgical table here sending it sort of ripping it out of its hinges hinges and it flies across the room probably uh, 10 feet and we go back to uh, I think that's the end of his turn isn't it yep that's the end of his turn uh, we have Ayashida. So, back in the room, 
Hayashida is fighting off zombies. Let's see how well he does at that. So he's using his katana to fight and ward off these creatures as he uh, takes a blast in the back from one of these cyborg zombies that raises its arm and its hand turns into like a cannon it fires. He, holding his shoulder, pulls free a kunai, a throwing knife, an elven throwing knife, and he flicks it out, slamming it into the zombie's head. Wolfie runs through the room um, and slams up against the cube. Hayashida jumps down onto Wolfie's back, sort of slides off a little bit, um, pulls himself back up. He's crouching on top of Wolfie. It will be Cortain's turn. Cortain is going to keep wailing on this demon. All right. First, first attack. 19 versus AC. No hit. Uh, 14 slashing and 7 fire damage. Then with the second attack, that is a 26. That's AC. Oh yeah, that'll hit. That is 13 slashing damage and 9 fire damage. Alright. So you're slashing it and bile and all this gross matter starts to bleed and pour from the bits and pieces of organic matter that is surrounding this creature and some of that crackling pink energy um, arcs out at times and that teal energy knits it back up and holds it together. Um, every time you strike this creature, all the faces, the six faces all over the creature is are like wailing and screaming in pain. Is that the end of your turn? No, I will use my bonus action to do my second wind. Alright. I just got significantly damaged. Uh, that was... So it's 1d10 plus my fighter level. So that is a total of 12 HP that I get back. Nice. And that is the end of my turn. Alright. Next we have Spigs. So, so you Spigs are up. You are no longer dying. As Spigs picks himself back up after a little moss move away, he's like kind of freaking out from the damage that the beast did. And he's like, Game over, man! Game over! <laughs> if, little moss, if you don't come heal me some more, this beast is gonna kill me in one more shot. And then he puts on the, like, he's got the mask on, which has like the, it had like those um, breathers. Yep. Like the filter breathers. And he presses the breather and this green light lights up and he breathes in this mist and he will cast first aid on himself. Nice. Sorry, sorry, cure wounds, cure wounds at high level, level two. Um, and then he will turtle some more and then he will also cast as, a, as his uh, minor action. He, um, out of his pocket of inventions, will pull out those little bots that will project some small little insect box that will go over his body and project some shields, which gives him a um, shield of faith. 
Nice. Plus two AC. There's a bonus action. So you're bunkered um, down. Yep. And I'm not going to move because it's too scary. Yep. All right. So I'll just roll, I'll just roll for that kill wounds. Lucky. Next will be D, two D eight. Oh no, next will be oh yeah, roll your roll your healing. Sorry, it's all good. Um, oh crap. Um, let's go five plus. Seven, twelve, and I'll use uh, three hero dice. So twelve plus another seven, nineteen health. Uh you can't use hero dice for healing and stuff. It's oh, for um, it's for feats of like you know a skill check mm. or. Um, a saving throw or like those sort of things. Okay, so minus seven. Seven damage from the DM. <laughs> a little red bug. Yeah, the flies red out. Combats you, does seven damage. Alright, and Wolfie. So Wolfie off in the other room. Just begins um, looking around. He looks around, looking for Spigs. He sees the hallway that uh, Lokag ran down and he like sniffs in the air and then starts to run for the hallway and Hayashida is like, no, 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 no. Wolfie slams into the hallway and try and pushes his way through. Hayashida is knocked off of Wolfie's back and lands on the floor. Wolfie then like pulls his head out of the, and shoulders out of the hallway and turns as, as, as he sees Hayashida on the ground. Hayashida picks himself up as zombies come charging towards him. And next will be Little Moss. Alrighty then. I yell to the boys. I'm like, hey, these green flavoured lollies taste good. I feel <laughs> much better. And I'm referring to the spectral um, the green, green spectre, shall I call him? Then, I run over to the medical table that's become dislodged, and does it have wheels? No, it was bolted into the floor. Oh. It is now unbolted, <laughs> and the metal is twisted. On but the, it, is um... a ho- it is a hover desk, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a hoverboard. That would have been sick. Oh, no, that's all right. Um, well, then... I would like to run up to the next one that's still affixed to the floor. Yep. Um, and then catapult myself off of the table onto the monster and bash his six faces in. All right, make a uh, make an athletics check for me, just real quick. See, I love making this harder than it needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> I I rolled um, what, what athletics. Yep. Uh, Twenty. All right. So as you run past that um, broken surgical table, you jump on it and you just kick the uh, the bracket underneath and dislodges the table from the base. And you do like a kickflip as you're running, 
taking this table with you, flying, if the, the, the table is flying through the air, you leap onto the second table, because you can, you can travel that far. Yep, 20 feet, easy. So that first table here slams down on the second table, sending you flying in the air in a violent, quick, catapult-like manner. Yeah, and you can flurry of blows this creature as you're flying over the top of it. Alright. So I'm going to punch it three times in the face hole. Nice. Uh, 17. Versus AC? Yeah. Does not hit. Okay, next one. 16. That does not hit. Alright, let's try again. <laughs> its faces keep moving. And the yeah. screaming's a bit off-putting. Yeah. 17. As you strike or go to strike at this creature, one of the faces turns to look at you and the two other arms that are underneath sort of bend back like they shouldn't bend back because they would break if they were normal arms, but they're not because they're made up of all this junk and, and bits and pieces. It sort of bends back, lifts up and sort of blocks. It blocks the mass of the creature from your punches. You land there. Thank you. That was great, everyone. Carry on. All right, next is the orbs. All right, this green one. One, two, three, four. So it lands there and it emanates this uh, this effect. This teal energy pulses out of it. Uh, Cortain, let's see. You take three necrotic damage. Okay. And you receive six temporary HP. Hmm. And cool. It is Lokak's turn. Oh, I've got to get me some of that action. Um, <laughs> but right now I'm standing next to a, <laughs> You're a like, pinky the boy. green thing's fun. I want some green thing. Oh. <laughs> what did the red thing it's do to you, Lokak? The red one swing. It tried to bite me, <laughs> but it didn't do much. Where's the crown? I yell as I'm going to swing at the big guy. All right. Oh, nah, never mind. Uh, 14 versus AC on the first hit. This is. Um, 22 on the second one. It's... Two poison damage and 14 bludgeoning damage. Sweet. As you slam into the creature, it sort of stumbles back a little bit, roaring in pain. Yeah. Anything else? No, that's All it. All right, it is the creature's turn. Uh, it will <clears throat> strike with its claws. It will... One arm will go for Little Moss. That will be a 27 versus AC. What is it? 27 versus AC. Yeah, it hits. That's uh, 12 slashing damage. Oh, lucky. Uh, four cold damage. It will attack once at Cortain with one of its arms. Uh, I'm going to do ineffective shot. All right. Because it didn't attack at me. I get to do a cheap shot, which... Uh, oh. 24 to hit. 24 to hit. That'll hit. Three poison damage and 14 bludgeoning damage. Nice. About time it did something. Nice. Uh, does it interrupt or anything or no? Do you just do the damage to it? Uh, it's a sentinel cheap shot, but it just does damage. It doesn't interrupt, no. Sweet. 21 versus AC, Cortain. That misses. Sweet. And uh, that'd be an... 18 versus AC low keg. That misses as well. All right. Oh. 
Nice. So, um, it will then use its tail to swing at all three of you again. Uh, so, Little Moss, first oh. one, uh, 15 versus AC. 14, 21 versus AC again. Yeah. And Lokag, 25 versus AC. Oh, it got me! Misses. So, misses Little Moss? It's like that right. like wipeout game where the big pool noodles <laughs> whack you around. Yeah, basically. Um, 14 bludgeoning damage. Oof. And nine cold damage. And it flicks me into the green cyan Healy portal. <laughs> Not quite. Uh, but that oh. is the end of its turn, and it will now go to Hayashida. Hayashida is pushed up against Wolfie. There is a huge horde of these zombies surrounding them, maybe about 50 now, as the ones in the room in the glass containment things have broken out from the pressure of all the other zombies slamming into it and the fighting and such. The bugbear is still on top of one of the cubes and she's just swiping down with her large and long cybernetic arm, just cleaving off zombies' faces. She falls to her knees and she sort of screams out in pain, holding her head. And you hear, or Hayashida hears her yell out, Lazarus, it's not working. As she leaps off the top into the crowd of zombies, Hayashida's looking through these massive zombies in front of her and he makes eye contact with her. And she says, get behind something. As she reaches to the side of her neck and she pulls this cable out that's connected into um, sort of like her chest where her uh, collarbone might be. Then she reaches on her back and pulls out this, this silver edged cube, this glowing like this amber color and it grow, glows brighter and brighter and brighter. And then there is just a white flash. And we will go to... Um, where are we? Cortain, it's your turn. My turn again? Oh, wait, hold on. Did you have a turn this round? No, it's, yeah, we're, we're back at the top of the round, so it's your turn. Oh, back at the top of the round. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Oh, 22 on the top of the round. Yeah, that's why you just had your turn before, didn't you? That was a sneak attack. No, I, I just got attacked. Oh, the demon attacked you. I just got attacked. He, he swung his tail. That was the last thing. Yes. Okay, happened. that is your turn then. Yep, sorry, sorry. I yeah, fucked up well, the order. First attack. All good. Not useless. <laughs> Not useless. I got a three and an eight. Um, uh, I'm ineffective again. Both misses. Ah. Uh, call team. Alright, my turn. 29 and 28. 29, 28, both hit. Okay. That is 11 slashing damage and uh, 9 fire damage for the first one. And then 
Same thing again. 11 slashing damage and 9 fire damage. You run your sword into it and you pull it out and you slash across and you stab in again and you just keep puncturing this creature over and over again, screaming and just swinging your blade one-handed, two-handed. It's uh, pieces and parts are falling off of it and some of the energies, that, that crackling pink and the teal energies is like fading away and dissipating arcs of it are just firing out into nothingness and um, the creature is is uh, not, you know, when it was when you were attacking it in the first place, it was kind of like trying to sidestep your attacks. Now it's not trying to sidestep them. It's just all in with thrashing and trying to kill you all. Nice. Fortanius is yelling, "Die, you devil!" It's just like hacking. Nice. Yeah. That is my turn. All right. It will be Spigs' turn. After Spigs is totally well, he's healed himself up. He's armored himself up to max. He's just like, now it's time to die, beast. And he launches his gun, pumps in a uh, electrical round, and he blasts. Mm. Yeah. So roll to hit. Oh, garbage. Why are we rolling garbage, people? Because you can cut. Because it matters. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be 13. That won't hit. That won't Let's hit. Let's that swap to my lucky dice. I told you to get some. Ooh, it's more lucky than before. This is so he's, and that's hitting the happy trigger on the on the on the the bolcher, and he yep. rolls a 20 win versus AC. Yeah, that a 20 win will hit. Nice. Um, so that is um, those. So base damage. I roll the. So first it is. Oh, it's a good roll. Um, sixteen piercing damage. Then how much? Uh, Forty-six plus. Yeah, 46. 46. Oh, that's garbage rolls. Um, that's eight. Uh, lightning. As you blast, releasing your finger off the happy trigger, slamming these large shells, slamming into the undemon's chest, letting out bursts of electricity, arcs of lightning that uh, flicker and ripple across its body. It screams out in pain and it falls down to one knee. Is that the end of your turn? Yeah, that's all I can do. All right. Wolfie. So Wolfie stands up. It goes to place its left leg down and it like lurches to the floor. Hayashida is um, laying on the ground in like a fetal position and next to him is a steaming hunk of melted charred black steel wolfie had shielded him from the blast in the center of the room there is this small crater there are cyborg zombies sort of like trying to crawl away from it just blown to smithereens and ayashida stands up slightly singed 
part of his cloak in his hair. Wolfie looks down at his arm and uh, Hayashida looks up at Wolfie, placing his hand on Wolfie's like, nose. Don't worry, your, uh, your dad will get you fixed up in no time. Let's, uh, let's go and find him. Wolfie then like limps, squeezing down the hallway after Hayashida. Next is Little Moss. Okay, um, so I've already got the glove on. So will it constitute an action if I take a take a slap in the face to myself? Uh, now you can use that as a um, as a bonus action. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to do that, please. Sweet. Uh, let's see what you get. Okay. Eight healing. Cool. All right. Um, now I just want to punch it in the face a bit. All right. Do it. But just roll better this time. Don't tell me how to play D and D. You honestly need it. That's the last round. Uh, the 21. DM will remember that. Yeah, yeah. Twenty one <laughs> hits. Yeah. I love this choose your own adventure crap. Roll <laughs> your your damages, sir. Okay. Oh, good. Seven bludgeoning damage and. Ooh, nine bludgeoning damage. Papa! Do anything else? No, I'm pretty limited. <laughs> All right. Can you not spend a key point to do something? Is that what you do? Yeah, I could. Just kind of going to save it up for one like giant burst, but all right. Uh, then what I will do is. Uh, no, I can't do anything else. Never mind. Nope. Next is the room. Yeah, let's see which one does it. All right, this one here. The fourth orb moves there. Uh, yep, closest thing. And Ooh. you take eight necrotic damage and you gain six temp HP. Oh! Okay. That is not a worthwhile trade. <laughs> <laughs> Sour lollies. <laughs> uh, it's like a razor I'd like it to be known apple. that I currently have one actual HP. Whoa! <laughs> okay. All right, it is now Lokag's turn. How damaged is this thing? Did it's on its knee, right? Yeah, it's on. It's still on its knee. Um, one of its arms is just hanging limp at its side. It's being held only by cables that it's running into the core of the creature. Right. Somewhere. So my my warhammer is versatile. So I'm going to drop my shield and I'm going to use my warhammer in two hands and get reckless. So getting advantage on attack rolls and taking uh, and receiving advantage, giving disadvantage. Hey, he gets a roll twice to hit me. Yeah, okay. Uh, what's a hero dice? So you can choose to, you can nominate to use hero dice, which gives you um, a d6 to your roll before you roll it. So for example, if you want to use oh, well, it to hit, you can say, all right, I want to use I don't know, five of my hero dice and you roll an extra 5d6 to add to your d20. Yeah, well, I'll do that for the second attack because the first one I got a 17 to hit, which is not going to do it. So the second attack, I'll use a hero dice and I'm not going to need it because I got a 24 to hit. But Just roll your, one roll your hero dice anyway. Just see how high you can get for the fun. Uh, 26, 29. 29 to 29 hit. 29 to hit, all right. Does it, does it make it? It definitely hits. Oh, cool. Roll. And now I'm upgraded to a D10 and a D6. And I'm going to uh, max on the poison, so six poison damage. And is that a six or a nine? That's uh, No, it's a nine. Yay. 18 bludgeoning damage right. on the second hit. 
You first hit, you swing your hammer and the creature's hand launches out and it grips the whole end of your hammer. You pull it back, the arm going with it, the arm tears off and falls to the ground. You jump up with your hammer high in the air, slamming down into the central mass of the creature. The head of your hammer- Where's my helm? Disappears into its chest cavity and you see like a rippling of that poison energy from its chest cavity rippling outwards. You rip free your hammer and what does it look like when you kill this thing? Oh, um, I'm gonna just whack it a few more times and just scream at all the faces going, where's my helm? Where is it? I need my helm. And I just whack the faces after they, if they don't talk to me. <laughs> they scream. And as they don't talk to <laughs> like me. whack a mole. Uh, yeah. They scream and you, you just slam it and bludgeon it into just a paste and you just keep doing that over its body as the heads, the faces, one by one, blink out into a mush. The creature slops to the ground. Bile, blood, guts just pours all over the floor like a, like a water balloon that's just been filled up way too much. The pink energy crackles out into the, uh, into the top of the room, into this... Um, towards that pyramid and then just bursts in a star-like blast and disappears. The teal energy dissipates like smoke wafting in the wind. You hear over the PA in the room, Lazarus. There seems to be various breaches uh, uh, in the laboratory. I'm going to have to destroy the place. Please. Coming to the next room, I need your help to carry this thing. As you guys leave this room, head north to the artifact containment room. You see this triangular room with a diamond platform. In the center of this diamond platform, there is this glass cube. Inside the glass cube, there is a plinth made of a shining chrome. It's housing the Helm of the Undying, that Egyptian-looking death mask. This teal energy is emanating from it, and it seems to be vibrating that glass. There is this slight humming of glass, like if you hit a wine glass and it gives you that little... It's like that, but all the time, a constant tone in this room. There are these large pillars, like in the, uh, the center of the reanimation laboratory. But on top of them, there is like a, a large crystal that's charged with this teal energy. These tendrils of ethereal um, energy emanating from that glass containment into each of the pillars, into the crystals, and then down into the floor, up these pipes that are throbbing with this teal energy into the roof and out towards the reanimation laboratory. Lazarus is there. The glass panel is sliding into the ground as he's wearing this, um, basically this hazmat suit. He's got these large gloves on and next to him is this thick, heavy looking box made of maybe iron or lead or something and he's reaching towards the Helm of the Undying and he takes it off the plinth. All of that teal energy disappears. Those crystals fade to just a dark black glass. 
shaking, he places the helm in the box, closes the lid, latches it, connects this large, antique, ancient-looking lock. Around his uh, neck on the hazmat suit is this, this key. He takes it off, locks it, makes sure it's, it ensures it's locked, places the leather wrap of this um, strap of the key around his neck. Pulling on the box, he says, in, in, the, in the small room that you just passed through, the verification chamber, the verification vault, I've, I've got a tunnel. It'll take us back towards my, my room, my house, my, my living quarters. We shall meet the others there and we will leave. We've got to, we've got to get out of here. As he walks over to a panel, he looks at Cortain, Little Moss, and uh, Lokag between you. And he says, I'll need you to carry that. And he points to the box. He walks over to a screen. He starts tapping. And you just see on all of these screens, that sort of these hollow screens that pop up, it says self-destruct. I, I'm, I'm still on speed. I'm going to rush up to the box. I'm sheathing my weapon and I'd already shelled, um, put my shield on my back and I'm picking up the box and I'm gonna follow the guys. And I'm like, where's Gregor? Is he okay? Where's your girlfriend? What's going on? We're going to, we're going to get them. So you guys walk back into this uh, verification vault. You just passed through it. Lazarus had all the doors open. In the center of this room, the uh, these panels, an aperture slides away, revealing a, uh, a staircase that leads down. You head down the staircase. You climb into this small, um, kind of like a like a golf cart almost. It's just a bunch of um, benches, like like eight benches on this golf cart-like thing that's hovering above the ground. And as you all sit down, Lazarus touches a panel on the front of it on this little screen and it just slides, glides down this tunnel and comes to a stop. You guys climb out, head up the stairs. You hear across the comms. It's very crackly from all the things that's going on. Maybe there's some interference. You hear Hayashida. Where are you? Where are you guys? I've, I found this room with... A mess of guts and stuff. I, I can't see you here. Uh, where are you guys? And you hear this robotic in the background. It's because you know it's Wolfie coming across the high sheeters comms. And Lazarus turns to you guys and he says, There's no time. The place is going to explode. Edwina, have you got everything ready? It's ready! You hear shouting. As you guys climb up into the uh, living quarters, there is a large piece of the wall that has uh, retracted and there is a uh, very similar uh, type of thing that you've just climbed out of, this like buggy. But this one is kind of larger. It's like a, it's almost like a train. Gregor is strapped into a seat. Edwina is standing there and she's just placing down these large cases we don't have enough time. Everyone, get in. Sorry, just just look, just just so to make sure that I'm across what's happening. Essentially, High Sheet is stuck back in one of the previous rooms. Yes, with and Wolfie. we're being told there's not enough time to save him. That is what you're being told. 
Screw that. Is on Cortain turns to Lazarus and says, You will not leave. I'm going back to get Hayashida. And Cortain turns and runs. Before before he runs, Spiggs grabs him by the arm. He goes, Hold on a second. And he checks his um, wrist display. Yep. And checks the status for Woofie. Is he damaged at all? Like, before, like, can he run? Wolfie is missing a leg. His systems are not critical, but they are probably at about 60% operating efficiency. He cannot run because his leg is missing. He has to limp. Yeah, okay. Take me with you. And he jumps on, like, I don't know. He pretends to, like, jump onto Portain's back. I right. thought you were about. I thought you were joking. Uh, you, you're, you've got giant chicken legs. Yeah, he is going to slow you but- down. Do you take him or not? <laughs> uh, how how much is he going to slow me down? Especially with my let's rocket just, boots. Just get back on. Let's get. I'll jump back on this hover buggy. Like surely that's going to take as far as fast, and I can repair Wolfie. The Spigs jumps on you and then falls to the ground. Says that. Cortain runs runs off and then activates his rocket boots. All right. So are you going back into the tunnel underneath or are you going to try and make your way through the lab? Uh, through through the lab. Okay. So you exit the habitat room, the uh, the the living quarters, I should say, into the research laboratory. You enter the room and there are all of these cyborg zombies milling around their eyes are not glowing pink they are just sort of like looking around sort of confused as they see you enter they turn and begin to style Uh, roll a wisdom saving throw for me I will roll I roll a hero dice Cortain's wisdom sucks but but this is one I want to want to pass I'll roll three hero dice on this oh, dang um from the three hero dice the three d6 I Cortain got 16 um which really helped his roll of wisdom which was only an eight so that's 24 Ooh, that's pretty good. Okay, so Cortain also has, in case this will factor into to how Cortain, you know, hopefully gets through this. Uh, Cortain has five frag grenades, two flashbangs, and two smoke grenades, and he's happy to use them all. <laughs> all right. So you enter this room, this research laboratory. You first began your trek through this little dungeon of a laboratory surrounded by maybe 30 40 of these cyborg zombies they're not eyes are not glowing pink they're not being controlled by that thing anymore but they all turn to you and start to snarl and drool and you hear this whisper this tiny little nagging whisper in the back of your left ear Cortain, you and your friends vanquished my avatar. 
I can give you one more helping hand in this situation. I can help you save your friend. Take my hand. Will you take his hand? F that. You slap the hand of this uh, figure. And it dissipates this <laughs> this shadow of a figure that's in the corner of your eye, screams out an expletive. It just dissipates into nothingness. All of these zombies are around you. You pull free some of those frag grenades, smoke grenades. You flick them out in an arc around you as these zombies leap towards you. You flick out your shield bring your father's sword up to your helmet, place it against your head as those grenades turn into these small white orbs that grow in size, flicking bits and fragments of steel, some bouncing off your shield. You guys in the living quarters on the side of the train, waiting, you hear this this explosion and that's where we'll leave this episode nice alright very nice can't believe you went back (laughs) hey man my sheet is 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 Cortain's bestie you know he saved us so many times so many times he's not even a real player character and he's your bestie (laughs) (laughs) that's like being friends with the teacher (laughs) I think he's a loose end I'm but alright fair enough Trav you're a teacher and I think I'm friends with you. Does that mean I'm... <laughs> is there something wrong with me? <laughs> you're, not my, you're not my student, Luke. It's not weird. I mean, you've taught me many things. Life things. Yeah, in the school of life. Yes. <laughs> it's true. <laughs>Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Thank you for sharing the show with a friend because I think that you should share it with a friend because it's cool and a sweet, beautiful thing to do. Um, Thank you for painting all of my um, fingernails and my toenails black Um, in my sleep. It was was quite a strange thing to wake up to, but thank you. All good podcatchers is a phrase that I keep hearing, and I'm not really sure what it is, but if you want to find us, you can go to like Podbean, Spotify, and other places probably. Definitely, you can go to our website at www.beyondthedice.com. That's where you can find our links to listen to our episodes and find out all the good goss and find links to all our other places. But check us out there. Yeah, um, podcatchers are guys with pith helmets and khaki shorts and shirts that run around with a uh, like a, a stick with a loop on the end that they can go and snag podcasts, pull it tight, and then take them back to a podcast zoo where people can come and view them and laugh at the stupid podcasts for getting caught by by humans. And only the very best have been caught by, only the very best of podcasters catch our stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Podcatchers, you mean? Never mind. Whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, whatever. Ah, <laughs> oh, the Instawebs. Do you it's... like colour? Do you like organisation? What happens when people put colour and thought together? They make pictures. And where they put those pictures? Instagram. Check out our Instagram at Beyond the Dice. If you're wanting to stay up to date 
to know when episodes come out. To find out if Cortain survives. I mean, I don't know that. And I'm, <laughs> I want to know that. I really do. So, I mean, I've got benefit that I'm recording it, so I'll know before, before it's edited and everything like that. But if you want to know exactly when the episode comes out, if Cortain survives, then I suggest you go and like our Facebook page, um, yep. Beyond the Dice. Because there you get all the latest news, and as soon as the episodes come out, you'll be able to see the notification. And, and if Mark you, uh, Zuckerberg ben, already knows. Yeah, Ben has already commented on the Facebook page uh, 18, 19, 20, 21 times. Did Cortain survive? He's already done that. So go there and see his comments, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Reviews. Less of a question, more of a statement. You should give us a review if you like what we do. And if you don't, email us privately so that it isn't a public naming and shaming. Yeah. Um, uh is a perfect way to support us financially to help pay the bills for things and all those sort of things. It's also um, a cool way to get some sweet T-shirts that are based around the podcast as well as uh, sci-fi uh, and sort of D&D RPG fantasy type stuff as well. Uh, you can get mugs and bags and hats and caps and T-shirts and jumpers and tote bags, uh, also masks to fight off, you know, pandemics or cyber zombies. Not sure which one it really works on. Um, but you can get them there. Uh, now, if you can't afford to buy anything from there or you're international and the shipping's a bit much, that's all good. Don't stress. Um, you can help us out and support the show for free by telling a friend, like I said at the start of this whole thing in Bob Bob. Uh, or just, yeah, just like uh, retweet us or uh, share our podcast on Instagram or or wherever you do your social interneting. Um, have a good, happy, fun time, guys. Bye. Cheerio. See ya. Catch you guys. <laughs>